Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today, we are going to talk about the guy that played that, what I, what I tried to, uh, you know, kind of give you a taste of. That was Albert Lee. Uh, that, was, that was his solo on the uh, Towns Van Zant tune, uh, Poncho and Lefty, and off one of my favorite albums of all time, Luxury Liner by Amy Lou Harris. So, yes, today we're going to talk about Albert Lee. One of the all-time greats, and I'm excited to talk about him because I've had some fun little interactions with him, and uh, I've loved him, and his playing means so much to me. He is really kind of the guy that got me into the Telecaster and country music, so I'm giving, giving props to Albert Lee today. So while you're thinking about it, if, uh, if you haven't subscribed already, if you've been enjoying the show, please go down in the corner and subscribe. Uh, if you've subscribed already, then I appreciate you going to askzack.com. You can go to the store and uh, you can pick up a t-shirt or a mug or a sticker or a hat, or you can go down into the, uh, the description and there's tip jar information. I appreciate you, uh, supporting the show. It's what keeps it going. So thank you. All right. So Albert Lee, uh, as I've mentioned in, I think it was my favorite albums episode, um, I was hugely into uh, Eric Clapton, got the album Just One Night, and I was like, who is this other guitar player on there? And found out it was Albert Lee. Then I found a uh, guitar player magazine article written by Dan Fort, and it was, I think, called Essential Listening. And in it, Albert indicated who his biggest influences were and also they listed an essential an essential listening for for albert also so from that i uh, i learned about the album uh emilio harris luxury liner and so i picked this album up and it, it stands as one of my favorite albums of all time um 
one, it's just a great album, and two, it really showcases some amazing, you know, playing. I mean, the band on it is ridiculous. You know, you have the Hot Band and Ricky Skaggs, Glenn D. Harden, Herb Peterson, uh, Mickey Raphael, you know, the uh, harmonica player for uh, Willie Nelson. Uh, you know, you have Dolly Parton and all sorts of, you know, wonderful people, you know, on here. Uh, actually, I don't think Dolly's actually on here. I think I, I, I misspoke. She's on, on some of the other albums. But uh, this is where I really heard Albert Lee. And uh, it's the, the title cut, Luxury Liner, that's what really, I mean, kind of, you know, as soon as I set the needle down on this record, you know, and I heard the da 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 you know, it was like I was in. And uh, funnily enough, uh, Albert's solo on that was recorded direct. He plugged his 53 telly straight into the board and, and did that. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, that album, you know, really, really got me going. And then I started, of course, finding every album I could that featured Albert Lee. I remember ordering his uh, solo album called Hiding that features him and the hot band, you know, playing on it that has kind of his... Uh, definitive version of Country Boy, you know, with Ricky Skaggs and Amy Lou singing harmony on it. And uh, I remember, cust you know, having to order that, you know, you know, from a record shop in Corpus Christi, Texas, and waiting like months to get it and, uh, and being so excited and, you know, paying like 20 bucks for it. And uh, yeah, so, and because of Albert, you know, I started getting, you know, I started getting into Telecasters and started listening to country music and also started, you know, he, he also really influenced me toward rockabilly music. And so because of that, I started listening to, you know, Gene Vincent, and the blue caps, you know, because of, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the rockabilly, you know, playing on there. And, uh, you know, of course the Ricky Nelson stuff with James Burton and the Elvis stuff and uh, the Everly Brothers and Buddy Holly, which I know that's kind of getting out of rockabilly, but, uh, you know, that, that really, you know, started getting me. Yeah, it was Cliff Gallup that played on the, uh, the Gene Vincent stuff that was really swinging. So that's how I, uh, you know, got into Albert. So let's talk a bit about Albert Lee. Of course, he's an, an Englishman, but interestingly enough, he is a gypsy and, uh, you know, kind of grew up with that type of, I guess, a bit of that lifestyle, and, uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, he got into, you know, playing guitar, and then heard, you know, because like most, he heard Lonnie Donegan, who was, you know, a skiffle, or kind of folk, uh, sing-along, you know, singer, and, uh, then he got into country music, you know, from hearing uh, Jimmy Bryant and Speedy West records, and then hearing Buck Owens and things like that, and uh, he he, you know, he had some you know inexpensive you know different you know guitars that he had, and he had some like European you know electric guitars, and uh, and then he started getting serious, and uh, he ended up with a, a Les Paul Custom that he played with a, a Supro amplifier, a Thunder Thunderbolt. And uh, his buddy Jimmy Page ended up, uh, you know, copying that setup. And, of course, he used it for a very different sound on some of the Led Zeppelin stuff. You know, when you hear, uh, you know, that Supro Thunderbolt and you think that, you know, Jimmy Page got the idea for that amp, you know, because of Albert Lee. That's interesting. Uh, you know, then Albert started playing a Telecaster when he found one. And Telecasters were hard to come by 
in uh, in England because there was kind of a little bit of a trade war going on, and and uh, you know U.S. made instruments weren't really allowed in the U.K. for a while. But he was able to find a used rosewood board telly, and uh, he played that, and he put a uh, uh, humbucker in the neck position, and and I don't know if it was originally black, but it ended up black, and he. Uh, and for an amp, he had a, a 410 Fender Bassman, you know, uh, and ended up with two of them at one point. So uh, that's a that's a cool rig, you know, a, a 60s Telecaster and a 410 Tweed Bassman, and you know, nice rig. And then you know, ended up using you know like Echoplex, you know, not necessarily, you know, uh, you know some different you know tape echo units that were made in in uh, in Europe or, or made in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, he ended up in Head, Hands, and Feet, which is kind of a, a country rock, you know, band, you know, in England. And through there, he started, uh, you know, touring and coming over to the States. And he started kind of making some relationships, started buying some other instruments. He bought his 53 Tele. He bought his butcher block, Dave Evans body that he, you know, of course, put a strat neck on and a humbucker and different things. You can see that guitar in the... Dave Edmonds, Sweet Little Lisa um, video, uh, the kind of the making of. And uh, then he you know, ended up moving, moving to the States in the early 70s, started up a relationship with um, Don Everly, you know, of course, of the Everly brothers that, who had split up with his brother Phil, and uh, they started performing together. And he also uh, started up a relationship with the guys at Music Man, and he started using the Music Man amp in, instead of his old Fenders. And then, uh, you know, Emmy Lee Harris and the Hot Band were, were, were getting going, and they had, uh, you know, of course, they had James Burton playing guitar. But uh, James had a uh, higher level of allegiance to uh, Elvis. And there started being, you know, conflicts in between the Elvis dates and the uh, and the Emmy Lou stuff, and uh, some of the guys, some of the other guys had already left Elvis. Like Emery Gordy had already left. You know, he was not working with Elvis anymore, and Glenn D uh, left. But uh, but James, you know, decided to stick with with Elvis, which you know, I'm sure the the pay was better, and, and he had a relationship with Elvis. You know, going back further than obviously really, you know, a friendship with Emmy Lou. And so they were in the strange position of, of having to replace James Burton in their band. Well, they, uh, they found out about Albert, and he ended up sitting in with them and, and filling in on a couple of shows, and they asked him to play. Uh, one of the interesting things is that Albert has said that, um, you know, you, you would think that as great as Albert is, they wouldn't be asking Albert to play like James Burton, but they were. They wanted uh, Albert not only to play those parts, but to really mimic what James was doing. And, uh, yeah, that just, that kind of makes me laugh. And, uh, but, but, but I get it. So, but, but they finally kind of loosened up and they let Albert be Albert. And you can hear his influence on the, on the hot band and how it kind of, you know, kind of changed the direction and you kind of get the Ooh, Las Vegas thing with James Burton. And then you get the luxury liner and uh, you get the string bender sound and you get you know all sorts of different things and also you know Albert played uh, you know plays mandolin and you hear you know a fair amount of his mandolin playing on the uh, on uh, on on Amy Lou's records uh, you know Albert became a huge influence 
uh, on, a, on a lot of players, you know, a huge influence on uh, Ricky Skaggs and Vince Gill and Steve Warner and, uh, you know, the guys in Nashville and everyone was, uh, you know, kind of getting more serious about, you know, Telecaster. And Albert was kind of the first, like, fast kind of chicken-picking Telecaster guy um, that really played these really long lines and played these long solos and, uh, you know, such. Yeah, James Burton was a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit more of a melody man and, you know, kind of played more, you know, riffs and solos, but... But Albert would play these long single note line, you know, kind of swinging solos and uh, also, you know, his double stops and different things. And he, he really brought a different flavor to, uh, to country music. And, uh, you, you know, he had a huge influence on, you know, Brent Mason and everybody. I mean, everyone, you know, kind of had to, uh, you know, pick up, you know, some of the Albert Lee mantle and, and, and learn some of those type of riffs and, you know, even... Brent Mason talks about getting a B-bender because he was working with uh, Emery Gordy Jr., who played bass in the hot band and was, you know, is married to a Patty Loveless and was playing on a Patty Loveless record. And, uh, you know, Emery wanted him to do a bunch of B-bender stuff. And, uh, and and he didn't have a B, Brent Mason didn't have a B-bender. And so he, he did that and then he eventually got a B-bender on his guitar. So, yeah. Uh, Albert's playing. Now, you know, it's, daunting to try to you know kind of play in the style of Albert but uh, to me what Albert brings to the table is swing he has a swing to his playing that's always there and a lot of times he will play with just the pick and he'll hold it actually with three fingers he'll kind of if you watch him when he's doing a lot of this fast single note line stuff a lot of times he'll play with the thumb and these two fingers holding the pick and he'll uh, he'll do you know again this is my approximation of trying to show his style and how he kind of swings and plays single note lines you know if you're going in the key of A. that I was just you know kind of trying to show how he kind of you know swings and kind of pushes the beat in different directions and play and will do these kind of bending things and 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 pull hammer-ons and pull-offs and uh, and he also has this kind of thing that he does that I'll, I'll show kind of slowly he has this kind of thing and um, and it seems to start on this sixth and then kind of like bending it up into the seventh it's like this and this all these chromaticisms Thank <laughs> you. 
that's just my approximation of uh of albert's you know kind of playing style but uh i love his playing and of course i've tried to you know, imitate it to a degree but then i you know realized i i'm not albert lee so uh here i've got a couple you know albert lee stories uh one uh, i saw albert play here in nashville with um with Don Everly and Buddy Emmons at a little club and it was just a couple feet away from him and it was just amazing and I have to say that Buddy Emmons might have been more amazing than Albert even and, and uh, at one point Buddy stopped using the pedals and uh, just started playing his pedal steel with just the bar only and was doing all these fantastic bar moves and that comes from learning Hawaiian you know guitar non-pedal you know before he went on to pedal steel that was an amazing gig. I saw Albert Lee play with the Hot Band uh, in the mid '90s. They did a reunion show, and they had uh, they had Vince Gill playing second guitar, and of course they had Rodney Crowell and Glendy Harden and the, the normal Hot Band guys and Hank DeVito on steel. And that was an amazing show. Uh, then uh, later on, when working for Brad Paisley, I got to play with Albert. Uh, it was a show out in Los Angeles. Albert Lee shows up in a vintage, you know, Ferrari and has one of those little fold-out luggage carriers and he puts his little Music Man 210 amp and this is one of those 210 HD 130s. Um, those have four 6CA7 tubes which are like big bottle EL34s and it has a 12X7 as the phase inverter and then the rest of the preamp is transistorized. And here's this little amp that's the size of a Vibrolux, but it's, you know, like 130 watts. And then it had JBL speakers. And I have to say right now that using JBL or EV speakers really help you get that Albert Lee sound. It's just that, that kind of quick attack and quick, the way it can respond to fast playing and just its response in general, it's really conducive. So if, if you are wanting to, to go after the Albert sound, I'd recommend that you use a high efficiency speaker like that. And uh, and he had his little Music Man guitar, which, uh, you know, it's really kind of like a non-tremolo Strat. And he had his Korg A3 unit, which is this multi-effects unit. And that's kind of the key to his modern sound is kind of, you know, some type of, you know, Fendry kind of tube amp. And honestly, I think the Music Man amps um, from the 70s, the high-powered ones, are better than the high-powered Fenders of that same era. And that's mainly because the Music Man amps had more mids to them. So like a, a twin reverb from the 70s, you know, especially the late 70s, will tend to be pretty hollow in the mids. And I think the Music Man amp will, uh, is capable of more you know, mid-range and a little more impact to it. So anyway, back to the story. He shows up and uh, Albert, you know, you know, played, you know, the whole night with the band and then Brad let me come out and play with the band at the, uh, you know, for the encore. And, uh, so I have a, a CD of, uh, of me, you know, kind of getting to trade a couple solos with Albert Lee. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. Then we went into the studio, uh, with Albert, uh, a little bit after that. And, and this was just ridiculously cool. It was an Albert Lee album, where he was covering a bunch of Emmy Lou Harris tunes, and he had uh, on he was doing the the tune Luxury Liner, and he had uh, Vince Gill and Brad Paisley playing on the tune, you know, with him, and that was such a hoot, uh, you know, to go go in the studio and 
and you know there's Albert and his rig and there's you know Vince Gill and Vince also brought like an old uh, Lloyd Lore uh, signed you know F5 mandolin that he played and I was just amazed I, I think you know I already knew what a great player Albert Lee was and I loved Vince's playing but Vince really shined on that. He his playing was uh, very melodic, very, uh, and he played you know great mandolin stuff. That I mean the first, the first stuff that he played on mandolin was a keeper. You know he had to try a couple different things on electric, and uh, he had a funny incident where he didn't like the sound of the tw of the twin that he had that was a, it was a rental, and he kicked it over and plugged into a uh, uh, Doctor Z Carmen Gia with a Celestine Blue in it and. Uh, and he did all this, you know, cool playing on there. But that that was that was really fun, and I was really proud to be in, involved in that. And uh, you know, obviously I didn't play, but I was, you know, teching and making sure that you know everything was was cool. And uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so uh, picks and strings and stuff like that. Uh, Albert has tend to used a, a heavy gauge pick. I think at one point he used a little jazz picks, but then he went to the normal size, kind of like a Fender heavy. Uh, strings, you know, he used eights back in the days of like Emilio Harris. And you can tell on footage where, I mean, he's really bending all the strings and doing a lot of pedal steel bends and stuff, even without a string bender, you know, had like a 15 or a 14 for a, a G string. Uh, then playing with Clapton, he started using bigger strings and, uh, he kind of used this weird hybrid nine set where it was like nine, 12, 15, 24, 32, 42. And, uh, I think now he's using kind of like the old rock and roll set where it's like 10, 13, 15, 26, 32, 42 or something like that. But, uh, you know, he can, he's always been a Ernie Ball music man guy and used that. Uh, I loved the sound of, you know, his, uh, 53 telly into the music man amps. If I had to pick a favorite tune, a favorite example of his tone, it would be the Roseanne Cash tune. My baby thinks he's a train. I think his playing and his tone on that is just stellar. I think also the Sweet Little Lisa stuff, which is the Dave Evans, that butcher block, you know, body guitar with that you had to, you had to get your own neck and electronics for it. But uh, those are kind of good examples, you know, of that. So I'm going to have a Spotify playlist to kind of show some, uh, my favorite examples of Albert Lee's playing. I, uh, you know, love his stuff, and he was a, a real gateway for me into the Telecaster and string vendors and, uh, you know, country music and rockabilly, and uh, I'm grateful. So hope you've enjoyed this Ask Zach, and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.